I'm Jessica Ashley. And I'm Megan Francis. And you're listening to the Right at Home Moms, part of the Life Listened Network. It's episode seven of the Right at Home Moms. I'm Jessica Ashley here with Megan Francis. You are probably so used to saying yes to every assignment that comes your way, taking on all opportunities, even when your schedule is hectic. So when is it time to walk away from an assignment or to say goodbye to a gig? How do you know when to say no? That's what we're talking about today. We sure are. And this is something that um, I've heard of being called a, uh, you know, a, a problem, a privileged problem. Or what is it when you have a problem that's not really a problem? I mean, it's a privilege. <laughs> I'm editing, all, I'm editing that crap out. That was terrible. It's the best problem to have. <laughs> it's a good problem. To, it's a high class problem. Yeah, that can be a really big problem because when we get started um, in our freelance and writing lives, Sometimes we get this feeling like if we say no to something, nothing else will come along. And like, right. this is it, and right? Often, this is the only chance. Often people say with freelancing, it's feminine. So there's that fear. If you say no, everything is going to dry up. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I definitely have my own criteria for when I will, you know, walk away or say no. I'm sure as do you. And I I'm guessing yours have probably evolved over the years. Is that right, Jessica? Absolutely. I feel like it's been part of my professional development for me to learn how to say no. And I'm, I don't think it's easy because I'm really always kind of considering, oh, I could do this if, I mean, I really feel like I weigh it a lot. I think you're a lot better about saying no. So let's be, begin with what your criteria is and how did you get to the place where you developed these yeah. standards for when you say no? You know, and it's not even, to me, it's not even a standard. It's more of a gut feeling. So when I can tell something about my interaction with the person who's trying to give me the work doesn't feel right, um, every time in my life I have said yes to an assignment when I didn't feel good about it, I have lived to regret that choice. (laughs) Um, But also sometimes, I mean, sometimes the criteria change. So sometimes it's how... Bear is my calendar right now. How much do I need the money? Um, is this something that pays a little less than I would usually want to earn, but yet fits really well with what I do or would be really easy for me because I already kind of know what I'm doing and I don't have to really reinvent the wheel here? There's a lot of those questions that kind of go into it, but for me, it begins with a gut feeling. Honestly, every time, and I mean every time, I have said yes to something and in the back of my head, there's this little voice going, you're going to regret it. Guess what? I've always regretted it. And isn't it so interesting because sometimes I feel like I can gut through an assignment or some kind of gig that I have that I don't really love if I really like the people I'm working with or I feel really invested in one editor or one person, one client. And so to me, that relationship aspect of it is really important. It's it's sort of a key I don't think that we always give a lot of weight to. I totally agree because you can be working on a plum, you know, assignment. And if you're working with someone you cannot click with, it's not going to be fun. And on the other hand, you know, I've done things before that really just kind of weren't in my wheelhouse um, or wouldn't have excited me, but it was because some, someone I really respected asked, made the ask. And it almost doesn't even feel like work sometimes in that case, um, because it's, you're doing something for someone that you respect or in some cases are, as a friend of yours. And that can really work out too as well. But, um, I will, you know, it's, it's funny. I just, as I'm saying this, I am in the middle of this project that is with an, a longstanding client of mine. Um, an important 
huge, you know, like one of my bread and butter clients. And they came to me and asked me, they're doing a, a website switchover and asked me to do um, some editing. And I really underestimated how much time this was going to take. And even though I'm billing hourly and I'm going to end the end of, at the end of this, I'm going to end up making a nice chunk of change. Um, I'm sort of now regretting <laughs> having not thought it through more and just said, you know, yeah, of course I can do that when they probably honestly could have gotten someone in house to do it a lot more cheaply. And I wouldn't be now dreading waking up in the morning <laughs> because I have to sit here and slog through like 700 posts where all of the quotation marks disappeared in a site migration. Um, so right. I mean, it's so not a perfect really it's the Right. But the relationship should be a factor. The it relationship is. that you have, yes. not just to the brand or the project or the work, really it's the relationship to the people who are involved. Now, I had a client one time, it was a bread and butter client. And it was interesting to me because it was a product-based site. And I thought the product was really adorable and fun. And it was a new challenge for me to write about a product rather than to write a post or an article. So that part was great. I did not have to deal with the people who ran the company very often. But when I did, so much dread. Mm. So, so much dread. Like, they called me the girl. Yeah. So it was like ick on so many levels. As long as I could do that job, and this is how I gutted it out for a long time, almost a year, is that I just went and did – I did my job and I tried – not to speak with them very often. <laughs> and then it worked fine. So I know, okay, for the rate that I have for this project, I can handle one call a month. And that's all I can do. Mm-hmm. And I really just made myself unavailable. I don't really think they wanted to talk to me more than that either. But I really did have to weigh that relationship. So then the money was worth it. But had it been more frequent calls, you know you have that client who wants to check in on you once a week or wants to talk to you about in person about every single assignment. And that can get to be really difficult. You know, you make you raise a really good point. And, and because this is a client of mine that is a bread and butter client that I do respect and I want to continue to work for, even though right now I'm in the middle of um, missing punctuation hell – it is worth it to me in the end because ultimately I want to be the go-to person for this client. I want them to know they can count on me and they don't have to farm it out in-house. And I also don't want them thinking next time there's something that comes up like, oh, why are we hiring Megan to do this? We could just hire, we could just get an intern. So even though, but the difference is I think had this come to me just randomly from, you know, this exact project had come to me from someone I'd never worked with before, um, this would be a no. You know, so you're right. It is definitely who it is as much as what it is. And you do have to sometimes draw those boundaries. One thing, we talked about this a little bit, I believe, in our negotiating. Negotiating. I just said like that like I was British. Uh, no, was, negotiating. So, when, you neg- were, when you were going to work with the queen. <laughs> I was going to work with her on some advertisements. And I negotiated quite a great fee. But um, anyway, I was. We, we talked about negotiating. And I think that we maybe talked a little bit about how, and if we didn't, we should have, shame on us, um, how to get something from a no to a yes. So for example, like you just said with your clients, maybe one call a month at that rate was all you can handle. So if they'd, you know, if they had come to you and said, we want you to do this job, we're going to pay you X amount and you need to talk to us weekly, that's an opportunity. Sometimes it's not asking for more money. It's negotiating down the ask. And I think that's a really important, it doesn't always have to be a no. Sometimes it can be someplace between a yes and a no. 
I agree. I think also this is a great time to switch over to another aspect to consider, which is how much how much energy are you going to put into that client and is it worth your rate? Some clients or some projects I've had, I end up dreading so much or putting so much energy into it. I've actually spent double the amount of time worrying about it. Yeah. And and if you are calculating an hourly rate, and you see you are having and then having and having again, your rate with all of that investment of energy, I think it's time to consider a no. Yeah, I, I totally agree. There is such a thing as the amount of mental space a project takes up. Um, it's not always hours. It's not always number of words, right? It's not always, it's sometimes it's just like how much of my life energy am I willing to trade away <laughs> for this job and for this rate. And and it's not always the fee either, right? I mean, sometimes things come to us and they sound like a, a good idea because it could be a stepping stone to something else. It could, I know everyone is down on writing for exposure and I get it. Um, but sometimes something is worth, you know, getting you into a different realm. You might, I look at it as paid training and learning on the job. Um, sometimes when it's something I maybe otherwise wouldn't have been able to easily segue into maybe a different kind of writing or, um, a, t- a topic I hadn't covered before, sometimes taking that less, that smaller rate allows you to jump in. But I think it all has to come together and feel like an overall good deal and not just like, hey, the money's good, but I hate these people or, you know, the money's okay, but this sounds like a huge pain or, or you know, whatever the trade-off is. I think also something you've mentioned here before, and I, I know is true just from knowing you, it's like you have a ton of things going on all the time. And you're really great about honing in periodically on some on some focus, on some part of your brand and what you want to be working on. And you really dive in. It's something I really love about you. And I've told you simultaneously inspires and scares the hell out of me. <laughs> but I have heard you choose to walk away from a job or a project because it didn't fit within that focus. And you know, for you, you've got to stay focused on that one thing. You're so, that is really true. And that's not something that has always been easy for me. I mean, when I first started freelancing, it's, you know, it was about 11 years ago and I would just take anything that came my way. I was very much a ping pong ball. Um, and it, 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 worked for a while because I was still building my clips and it didn't really matter to me whether the clips, you know, what they were about or I hadn't really narrowed my focus. But when I did, what I realized when I started to really narrow down and get my own ideas and I wasn't just writing for other outlets, but I wanted to create my own, my own brand and my own things like my podcasts, like this podcast and, you know, books and that kind of thing. I had to carve out space for those projects and everything I did, I had to weigh against what it was going to take away from the stuff that was just mine that I wanted to build. And so that's definitely become more of it. Another thing, Jessica, that you and I experienced together a couple of years ago, and this is where that instinct really kicks in. And I think you and I both had this instinctive feeling around the same time. We were both writing for a big website. Um, I won't name it, but it's not that hard to figure out. And I just started to get kind of this train wreck feeling, like things are not going to work out here the way I think they're going to work out. And I made the very difficult decision to walk away from a chunk of money that I could count on every month because I just didn't feel good about what was going to happen. And then I think there was a big round of layoffs like a month later. So yeah, the, this it worked is actually, out. This is actually 
probably at the very top of my list, and that is financial instability yeah. or just instability over overall about the place where I'm working. And I feel like with clients and with sites that I've worked for, I've worked for enough at this point that I can see that train coming even when it is just a little dot. I mean, this is not a perfect science, but I can look out there on the horizon and I'm like, oh man, this this is going to go down. You can start to get the feeling because, you know, the way that your editors or the people, your clients will talk to you changes... The feel there's a buzz you can feel you it, especially if there's a the lot money. of other people that you know who are writing for the same site or the same client. Like everyone starts to get that nervous energy, and yes. you want to be out before all those people. You don't want to be the last person looking for new work. You know what I mean? No, no. And I, I think also if you have to start chasing money, yes. to me this like I get very wiggy when I see financial instability and the first place it starts is like, you're supposed to get your check on this Thursday and the following Wednesday, there's nothing and they have to check on it seven times. And, um, you know, I, I think to me, any sign of financial instability tells me something is changing. And that's a no. And that's a no. And, and, um, in that situation you were talking about, you walked away and really it gave me the courage to walk away. So I think never underestimating that your no can be a gift to somebody else, um, as well, who might be kind of nervous about saying like, well, I wouldn't dare walk away from this plum gig or this, like this big site when of course you can. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about, and we can circle back around or maybe use this as a segue to talk about saying no gracefully and without burning bridges. And um, I want to give one example uh, really quick. And it's another client um, that I have worked with for several years. And I used to manage two different blogs for them. So I did all the editorial. And I was getting really frustrated with one of them. Um, not Not the other, but the one was becoming such a pain that I got an, and you know how Jessica, I get in those moods where I just want to like, I want to light a match and throw it behind me and blow everything up. Like I have this, I have this tendency (laughs) where I'm like, Oh, screw this. I'm done. And I'll just replace that, you know, a quarter of my yearly income with something else. I don't know what yet, but it'll happen. And I, I believe you talked me down, but what I realized was that there was a middle ground. Like I could walk away from the one half of the project and not the other. And the way I phrased it to the client was, I just said, you know, I feel like my talents and skills would be best used focusing on this area of your business. And I think that we, it would be wisest for your, you know, for your financial investment to go in a different direction with the other one. And I don't think it makes sense for me to be involved with it anymore. And they agreed. And I actually didn't even end up losing that money in the end. It ended up getting pushed into the budget for the other site. So I didn't make less money, but I got to do what I wanted to do and not have my, my focus split. And that was a big lesson that sometimes there's an, there's always like an option C and there's often an option E, F, D, I skipped D, but you know what I'm getting at? D, E, F, G. I mean, there's always more than yes or no. I agreed. And I think the graceful no is so important because the likelihood that you will be writing for that person on another site is so, (laughs) there is so likely. Oh yeah. I mean, in our business, in our circles, it is just not worth it to burn a bridge unless something is really, really the matter. Like some shit really went down. Like an that ethical was not good. quagmire of some sort. Right, yes. right. But um, and, and otherwise, I think professionally, the graceful no is great. And I have had a lot of luck telling um, clients or editors that 
I don't think that they are using the best of my skills. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I think I'm being underutilized and I really want to give them more. And here's a place where I could see that happen. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that has worked well in general. And sometimes it, it, when it hasn't, it's just an opportunity to say, I really want to be challenged and this is not giving me the challenge that I need right now. And that's an okay answer for people because they don't think that you're slacking off. They right. don't think that you're blowing them off or you're leaving them in the lurch. You are you are doing something upstanding, which of course you are by taking care of yourself. Yeah. I, I think that it's important to remember, like just like what you just said, people move around so much in this business, but the fact that basically, and this sounds like a lot scarier than I mean it to, but all of our heads are always lined up on some kind of a chopping, chopping block that is just the truth, means that we also have the freedom to line things up on our own personal chopping blocks. People are moving around. Things change. Things shift. We don't, we're not obligated to stay with something forever just because it worked for us once. And so sometimes that once yes can become a meh, and then that can become a thank you so much. Um, this isn't working for me anymore. Let's keep in touch and maybe maybe in the future we can work together again. One more part of that, I think, is getting really comfortable with what you really want to be doing and what your skills really are. And I had a client last year that once I started doing things for them and they didn't really know how to use me, they just started asking me to do all kinds of things that were not skills that I had, like, you know, back end website stuff. And, oh, if you are comfortable in working in WordPress, then can you change our template? And like, it was just all kinds because they didn't want to bring on anybody else who had those skills. And it helped for me to be, no, Earlier in my career, I would have said yes and try to figure it out and I would have gone crazy just to be able to say, I am the lady that can do this thing. You're that girl. I am this person. (laughs) If you knew, if you need this other part done, let's find somebody. I can help you find somebody, but I am not that lady. And I think that they really respect that too. I think so too, because it was the, I have the confidence. I know what I can do, but I'm no longer at a place in my career where I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I'll take that on and read the, um, for dummies book about it and try to do it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And sometimes, especially if it's a small business and they hire you to do content, for example, they might not know that just because you can write and um, plan and manage content really well, that doesn't necessarily mean you're up to date on all the latest SEO practices. Those are two very different specialties. Um, They need to be very different specialties, I believe, because I think that you've got writing for SEO and then you've got writing for people. And I think that you need checks and balances there. Um, And so that's just an example of someplace where I've gotten good at saying, you know, that's just not something that I think that if that's really important to you, we need to find like like what you just said. We need to find um, someone who can really help you with that aspect of it. I'd be happy to help. And they respect that, you know, you don't pretend like you know stuff you don't know, because if you try to play it off like, you know, something that you don't know how to do and probably can't quickly learn how to do, you're not going to end up looking good in the end. And trust me, if you take that project on, you'll never untake it. You will have it forever more. So long as that client lasts or that project lasts, you will be doing SEO and backend development work, whatever that means. (laughs) So Jessica, what are our takeaways from today then? We talked about it. We covered a lot of ground in 20 minutes. I think that it's important to remember that you can say no 
so long as you are disposable, you, your clients are as well. You are always have the option of moving on and to feel empowered to say a graceful no as often as you can and to really measure the relationships and how it's helping you further what you want to do and, and build your own brand as a writer or as a professional. Those are all things that are important to consider. And if you need a friend to remind you how and when and that you can say no, you can call us up, comment. Or yes, call absolutely. We will help you with that. And we will, we will do as we have done for each other and say, it's time to walk away, love. Let's yes. find you another gig. Absolutely. Listen, above all things, I just want to reiterate to listen to your gut about things and, and picture yourself working on a project in a month. Don't picture yourself cashing the check. I mean, that's part of it, but pe- picture yourself actually working day to day on this project and ask yourself how you'll feel doing that um, and working with the people that you're going to work with. And I think that's a really big one. One more thing I wanted to add that I forgot to mention before, another part of a graceful no, especially if it's with a client you respect and feel good about referring to someone else is suggest someone else. Then you're helping both people. You're helping the potential, you know, would have been client and they'll remember that in the future if you help them find someone else. And then you're helping someone who might, for whom it might be a great fit. It's a, a really great idea. You know, really rising tides lift all boats. So that will come back to you in some other way, surely. Yeah. And last, last takeaway, which is you can always say no to part of the project, part of the contract, part of the length of the contract or the scope of the project. You don't have to say no to the entire thing, whatever it's going to take to help you feel really great about the day to day of what you're working on is going to serve you best in the long term. Absolutely. Well, this has been a great episode. Great conversation, Jessica. Thanks so much. As always, you can find us at writeathomemoms.com. Um, yeah, keep saying yes to us. Yeah, keep saying yes to us. We like it. Look us up on iTunes. Leave us a rating or review. We would love that. You can also email us at hello at writeathomemoms.com. Um, this is episode seven. So if you look us up at writeathomemoms.com and you're trying to find the show notes, it's episode seven. That's where you find them. Pretty simple. Leave us a comment. Yeah. Tell us what you'd like to hear about and we'd love to we'd love to cover it. Yep, we would. All right, talk to you soon. Next time. <laughs>